You're listening to The Building Code, your guide for a better way to run your business. I'm Tom Houghton. Hey, Tom. I'm Paul. Paul, it's good to hear. They all know that by now. (laughs) Well, maybe this is their first episode. We're having new people join the podcast all the time. In fact, we were talking about it today on uh, the Builder Trend online conference. A lot of new users of Builder Trend out there, and they're just finding out about the podcast. So welcome to the podcast. Yeah. I'm Paul Worth, and that was Tom Houghton. And that's exactly. So, so now you maybe we can the, go. We'll go first names next time. And there we go. Off. Yeah, we'll we'll make it a little more uh, informal for them. Hey, what what's what's the online builders conference? Builder Trend Online Conference. Yeah, that one. That one. Yeah, it's a it's a great conference. It's a free conference, two day conference. You can sign up online at buildertrend.com slash online hyphen conference. That's like the longest name. You can also find it in the resources tab under buildertrend.com. It's a great conference for anybody wanting to learn more about builder trends. So really excited because obviously during this time of the pandemic, we've had a huge increase in uh, people who have joined the builder trend family, which is great because construction's been deemed essential in a lot of places. So Great to hear that, of course. And people are looking for technology because it's 2020 and it's it's very challenging to communicate in the world right now in person. So technology is a great way to do that. So people are signing up. They're coming to the conference. They're learning more about Builder Trend, and it's a win-win-win. It's free. It's free too. That's the best thing about it. Level up your knowledge. We'll it's, throw some links in the show notes. Perfect. Yes, we'll definitely do that. Tom, I have a question. Yes. Tell the audience who we have today. Oh, yes. We've got a great guest joining us today. We're, we're honored to be joined by Michelle Warren, president of Caliber Construction. They're based in Albuquerque, New Mexico, which I was thinking about this before the show started. New Mexico is probably one of only four states I have not been to. I've Fun fact. I've just... I was just there. You were just there? So You were just fun, there. That's right. Another fun fact. Uh, when this pandemic that we're still in started, <laughs> I was on vacation with my family uh, in Phoenix. Uh, and in lieu of flying home, we decided to drive home. And myself, my beautiful wife, and four girls in the same van. We, we went right through Santa Fe, New Mexico, and it was delightful. There you go. I'll, I have to, I'll have to make a trip down there once all this stuff passes delightful area. Well, I'm sure Michelle can probably speak to the region a little bit more. So let's bring her on. Michelle, thank you so much for joining us today. No, thank you for having me. And Tom, when you do make it to New Mexico, let me know. The key question here is if you want red or green chili. Oh, okay. I've got some time to think about it. That's good. That's just giving me something to think about. I'll, I'll mull over this decision very carefully. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Michelle, for coming on the podcast today. You have a really unique background. Let's start there. Um, Let's talk about your background a little bit. Let's talk about the company. I know one of the things we also ask our guests is to tell us a little insight into the name of their company. So yours is Caliber Construction. So uh, give us a little background and let's start there. Okay. So Caliber Construction, because um, I do have a military background, which I'll share in just a minute. But to me, when you are a caliber of something that is the of the highest integrity, the highest skill, the highest knowledge. So that's where the name caliber came from. Fantastic. Um, yeah. So I'm actually uh, born and raised in West Texas, got a degree from the University of Texas in, in history and speech and became a teacher for about a year in Odessa, Texas. And in the midst of that decided maybe I wanted to travel a little bit more outside of my, you know, my very small world that I had lived. 
and the opportunity came up to join the Air Force as an officer. And so I went through boot camp, did my push-ups, took my tests, and became a uh, officer in the United States Air Force. My first duty assignment was Tokyo at Yokota Air Base, so I did get to do some traveling and spent 20 years moving around. I've lived coast to coast. Um, I have lived in many states, D.C., done some headquarters tours. Um, just a quick highlight of some of the, the, the things that stand out in my 20 years. Uh, one, I uh, did a Bosnia tour where I closed down the camps from the Bosnian conflict and worked with foreign governments in providing them the equipment that had been left by the U.S. National um, armies and guards and reservists that had been over there. Then I did two back-to-back -to -back tours in Iraq where I uh, ran the contract for base support for all of the soldiers that were over there. So base support includes more than just food and a house. It's all of the logistics that it takes to run a camp. So like in World War II, all of that was done organically by the Department of Defense, and now they contract that out. So I ran those contracts. And um, maybe the last two things I'll share about my 20-year career was um, towards the end, I got to be the contracting officer at a Boeing plant out in the state of Washington. And we did the uh, production of an aircraft for the Navy, the P-8A, which is a submarine hunter. So I ran that. So I know a little, a little bit about aircrafts, a little bit about Army logistics. And then I rounded out my career as a squadron commander doing kind of the same type of contracting, but with the uh, subcontractor uh, feeding into the defense industry. And I retired in 2012 and then be, started work for the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. I was their director of Western Acquisition, where we did everything from you know, building a boat to building the Fisheries Science Center in La Jolla, California. Um, I got to do a lot of traveling out into the Pacific, America, Samoas, lots of time in Hawaii, a couple of trips up in Alaska. So it was, uh, NOAA is a great agency. I can't speak up enough of its mission. And uh, rounding out my executive career with the federal government, I went to DC for a year and worked for the General Services Administration where I was the person in charge of about a 1,200 contract portfolio of about $86 billion of professional services. And that is where I decided to make a transition and leave the government service. Wow, Michelle, you have quite an experience there. And we appreciate you sharing that. And also just have to mention, thank you so much for your service, everything that you've done for our country. We greatly appreciate it. And we also appreciate all of our other listeners out there who have served in the armed forces uh, in any capacity. Thank you so much for the, everything you've done for our country. Again, we really appreciate it. I had a great 20 years. Um, I always say I liked every day but three. I won't share those stories, but um, you know that's not a bad gig to work for someone or some agency or some corporation for 20 years and only not like three days. Yeah, that's pretty solid. So you had a pretty great long career, kind of pretty widespread of what you did. So how, why construction? Like where's where's that transition come into and how we get to New Mexico? So I come from a set of parents that taught me to be fearless and that I could do anything. 
And I, working as a federal executive in the government, I had pretty much reached the apex of that part of the industry. Um, and I can run a government contract. I know how to write one. I know how to read one. I know how to administer one. And in the midst of my time in DC, I met um, someone named Wayne Berry. He's my business partner. And he is a local developer here in the Albuquerque area. And he mentioned to me that he would love to do government work, but it's there's a very high, hard barrier to break into that work. And if I was ever interested in opening a business, he'd love to partner with me. And the time came where I was like, you know what? I think I'm moving to Albuquerque. So I called him in December of 2018 and said, I'm going to be in Albuquerque on the 1st of April of 2019. Let's start a business. And sight unseen, I bought a house. I'd never been to New Mexico before. Bought a car because I'd been living the urban lifestyle. So I had to buy a car and I packed up my stuff and drove out to Albuquerque. It was just a random conversation that got me thinking, I think I can do that. Let's try. I love that. You know, just say, hey, I'm going to take a risk, but it's going to be worth it. You're going to make it work. So that's fantastic. So tell us a little bit about the projects that you do at Caliber Construction then. Okay. So Caliber Caliber Construction really does target only federal construction projects. And one of the reasons for that is um, I am the president. I own 51% of the company. So that makes it a woman-owned business. But along with that, I am also a uh, 70% disabled veteran. So we also have the service disabled veteran tag to this business, which gives us some times it gives us uh, a little bit more of a push towards getting a contract, right? There are preferences given, especially to veteran and women owned. In the construction business, it's kind of not as significant as maybe a minority, but you know, it's still good, right? Business is good. So our contracts are, we, we started, um, we kind of incorporated, started getting our name out in Albuquerque in April of 2019, spent the summer doing a lot of handshaking, hobnobbing, lots of socializing, a lot of networking, and ended up becoming a subcontractor to the prime contractor who does the operations and maintenance at Kirtland Air Force Base. And we did a very small kind of remodel uh, office space area for them. And they liked our work. They liked how we kept our site clean. They liked the site superintendent that we had hired. Like everything we touched was gold. We couldn't have asked for a better first project. And that led to our second project, which was similar in nature, but a little more expansive in that we uh, had communications and electrical and a very significant amount of HVAC. And then that led to the Air Force looking at us to become a prime contractor with them. And we are now in the midst of building what's called a SCIF, and that is a sensitive compartmentalized information facility you know, secret stuff happens. Yeah. That's uh that sounds like very important work you're doing. So that's pretty yeah. cool. Interesting, right? Like every single day, what I have found is every single day in construction, I learn something which makes it a great day. And 
it's never the same. Not one day has been the same. It's good to keep things interesting and new and different. Speaking of different, what kind of challenges have you been facing with this new and different pandemic that we've been facing? Pretty difficult to maintain a sanitized construction site. (laughs) Yeah. It it just is. So immediately um, I bought a lot of bleach. I mean, a lot of bleach. And uh, my site superintendent, Kurt Sullivan, couldn't ask for the better guy to have done this. He instituted a process where if you come into our job site, you you basically sanitize yourself and your entire tool set. Anything that goes into our space gets sanitized. And then in the midst of the project, every hour they take 10 to 15 minutes to re-sanitize. Um, I found unique ways to source bleach and hand sanitizer, right? Because at the beginning in March and April, you couldn't find it anywhere. So we've done a lot of support with our local distilleries, um, you know, and then I added a whole bunch of lavender oil. (laughs) So we weren't smelling like vodka. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, just sourcing the materials you need to keep it sanitized and I'm not going to say it because I don't want to jinx us, but we are doing really well with keeping the health of not just our workers. We have a lot of subcontractors who come in and out of our space and it's been appreciated and noted by those companies, how serious we're taking it. That's kind of one of my questions I wanted to ask is if you're, you're just doing government work, right? That's, that's your niche. Does that come with more regulation? Um, Maybe, with with COVID, but even outside of that, is that part of the cost of doing business with in your area? It is. It is absolutely. But it's something that I understand very well. So to me, it's like a normal day. But correct. So we use Department of Labor wages. Um, you have to keep your contract files in a certain way. You have to have audible auditable financials. You um, the in response to COVID, there are certain things that can and cannot happen on base. One example would be um, if you travel outside the state, you don't get to go to base for two weeks while you quarantine. So nobody in my crew is taking summer vacation. Right? <laughs> Just kind of happens that way, right? So yeah, there's there's an exorbitant amount of clauses, rules that are, um, you know, it's it comes what's called the Federal Acquisition Regulation or the FAR. And it's about a book that's about four inches thick. And it's the really thin sheets of material and every single page has something important on it. Wow. I don't, I don't, we don't often do this, but that, that really has got to lend itself well to like builder trend, right? Like if you have somebody with that type of oversight that's required that you're building for, you've got to have a platform where everybody's going, well, here's, Here's the documents, here's the time cards, here's what we're doing, right? That That is exactly why we chose Builder Trend. Good. So beyond just as a company, how great Builder Trend is in running your day-to-day operations, the platform, the historical uh, keeping of documents, the change management that it allows, 
um, the tracking of that and of knowledge management, all of those things incorporated is one of the reasons why Builder Trend was our choice. That's great. And so, so how, do you have then a contact in the government that you've led into Builder Trend in a limited degree, or, uh, or your subs or vendors yet? I mean, you you guys are fairly new to the product. So of 19. So our business started in April of 19, but I would, uh, but builder trend, you know, we, we had a few jobs and it was very apparent to us. We needed something. So correct. We started with builder trend in March of 2020. Great. Um, And we do have, we allow access to all of our um, owners as builder trend calls them and our subcontractors. There are, some connectivity issues between the government and builder trend because of the firewalls that the government has in their IT world. So the IT on the customer side is limited and they do not access builder trend on a regular basis because they can't get to it. They certainly have the option to access if they were to choose to not log in through their Air Force email. Our subcontractors are using it by the minute every single day and are sold on it, as as are we. That's great. That is great to hear. I know uh, we've, you've spoken previously with one member of our team about a new feature that we have just talked about on the podcast a couple episodes ago, our work in progress feature. And I was curious to hear kind of from you how that has helped your business and how that's helping your process a little bit? I love it. So having come from the other side, we had whip reports run every week, right? Work in progress. Here's your work. Here's the status of the work. This is what it's going to take to finish the work. Who doesn't love that kind of information? It helps you make decisions. What Builder Trend Whip does is it provides it in one snapshot. All of my projects. So I can push a button and look at the, currently we have like six jobs going on. I can look at all six jobs. Where are they? Where where are they in schedule? Like look at the variances. Cause I don't, I'm not the one running the job day to day. So I may not be intimately familiar with the details, but being able to look at where the project is in the process it has helped me immensely to where focus my attention to where I need to narrow in. So based on that data that you're getting from the work in progress report, how are you making adjustments? You know, is that something that you're checking daily and having to call up people and say, Hey, we're, you know, this is where we're at, or is it a weekly basis? What's that look like for your team? So different jobs require different um, oversight. And um, what I will say is right now, we really liked the estimating part of builder trend. So building out that estimate and then that creates your budget and then looking at the variances between that budget. So I can monitor over time. For example, the SCIF project that we're working out at base is a six day week, 12 hour day job, which could eat up a lot of labor costs, right? Like, I mean, it could really eat into any kind of, of profit that um, the bid the bid went in on. So being able to monitor the variance of, you know, why do I have 80 hours of overtime 
for example, as opposed to when I thought I was budgeting, you know, enough overtime at 20, right? So it, it, it does. One of the great things about the WIP is it's real-time information. It's not a week later. It's not, oh, let me, let me go make a phone call, have that person sit down, figure out why, create a spreadsheet, send me an email. Like, no, I like it from my phone. I can hit a button and look at it. It's great. Yeah. The, the work in progress report was one of the most anticipated reports we've had. I mean, since I've been here, people have been talking about that. And when we released it, uh, I think it's one of the most popular releases we've ever had in terms of people viewing it and using it. So um, you, you can find that in your reporting tab, right, Michelle? Correct. That's okay. correct. And you can make it a favorite, right? So it, Good tip. it's really one of the only, re- you have a whole slew of reports. There is, there is, a thousand different ways to look at the data. You can chop it, slice it, dice it, run your numbers a million different ways, but that WIP report provides it all in one glance. I'm sold. (laughs) I'll take it. Uh, Yeah, again, you can find that in your reporting tab. And I guess for those listeners out there who might be wanting to implement some more financial reporting, why would you recommend this report specifically or the other ones that you can find in there? If you're running a company and you are not paying attention to your financials on a daily basis, eventually that's gonna catch up with you. So again, it goes back to that, um, I, I don't need to know every single detail every single day, but what I do need to know is where do I need to focus today? So running that report, and not just that report, but like the estimate to budget report or hey, what, uh, the WIP report even tells me um, my invoices, right? How much is, is outstanding, right? Do I need to call and, you know, see why the government hasn't paid me in a timely manner? You know, those types of things. So really that, that one snapshot does allow you to set up where you want to spend your, your personal time in running your business, right? Because my, my time is, is a resource that um, helps grow the business. Absolutely. What I'd like to do is I'd like to just end on a note about how Builder Trend has improved maybe the way that you've managed projects, obviously working outside of that prior to, you know, obviously just starting the company a couple of years ago. Now having that is in your process, what's that been like for your day to day, you know, outside of the reporting too, like what other features do you love and use? There are lots of things that make builder trend valuable to my company and maybe i'll share the top three the first one is it creates a platform where a community within my business feels connected valued and a part of the actual decision making process right it allows everyone within the company from up and down the chain to to access information, to provide information, and to see what the, what all is going on. The ability to limit or give full access or, hey, the, I know this person needs this the kind of information, but this person needs this and that kind of information. Like, like the, the agility of the program and how you can share information has created a collaborative effort in my company. Caliber Construction, you know, we're small. We have nine people total. 
and it's work. It works amazing with those nine, and then the hun like the, literally, you know, up, the up to a hundred subcontractors we have that are part of our our work effort as well. So one, the collaborative community effort. Two, the real time information allows good business decisions to be made. I can look at labor. I can look at costs. I can look at schedule, right? Those are the three footstools of any project. And um, it definitely gives you an opportunity to adjust as the project goes on, right? And you're getting timely information when you're making those decisions. And then the third thing that I think is outstanding about Builder Trend and, and the financial reports and why it's so important to a business is for us in particular, the uh, uh, the program captures everything. You can have your documents in there. You can have your safety stuff in there. You can, uh, you know, your estimates can go from big overarching big lots down to you know, 10 nails for this wall and 50 screws for that wall over there. I mean, your flexibility within the program of how you house information and how you access information has been phenomenal for us. That's great to hear. I love that you're too, you got those organized points of, you know, the collaboration that it's helped with your team, the real-time updates, and then the flexibility really that the program has offered you. You made those, you made my little speech, just those three words. That is, that is key. And I think those are the notes I'm, I'm going to take down. Yeah. <laughs> Collaborate, flexibility, real time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, that's so great to hear from you. And I know it helps other listeners to help kind of pinpoint and look for those successes in their business. Cause obviously sometimes when you're working, you're just so focused on kind of what you're working on. You, you kind of lose track of it all. So it's nice to kind of take a step back and realize like, Oh, yeah, this is, this is helping because it's helping us in so many different ways here. So it's really great to hear how it's helped your business and helped too with the, you know, working with the federal side of the government and, and handling the government contracts and things like that. That's also something that we don't frequently talk about on this podcast. So we appreciate you coming on and kind of sharing your expertise and your knowledge in this area because it is a very uh, structured area. And it's nice to hear that the, the program does help you with that. Absolutely. So, it was a pleasure. Thank you. Yes. Thank you so much for coming on. And again, we wish you continued success in your business. If you want to find out more about Caliber Construction, check the show notes. I will put a link into their website there uh, that you can find the show notes at buildertrend.com slash podcast. Thank you so much, Michelle. Thank you. Love what you heard? Don't forget to rate and subscribe to our podcast so you can hear from more guests that will benefit your business. Also, please check out our show notes page for more information on what we discussed on this episode. You can find it at buildertrend.com slash podcast. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on The Building Code. Appreciate you.